Kevin, a grueling matchup for you here tonight, but I want to talk about the words of Shane McMahon as SmackDown went on the air. Do you honestly believe that Shane thinks that he stands a chance at SummerSlam? Oh, there's no doubt Shane thinks he stands a chance. Shane thinks... Shane probably thinks there's no way he won't win. Because look at the way his last few matches have went. You know, besides the one with Undertaker and Roman Reigns at Extreme Rules, they all worked out pretty good for him. I mean, it was never because of him. He was either really lucky against The Miz a couple times or Drew McIntyre and Elias helped him out. But, uh, you know, Shane calls himself the best in the world. I think the best thing he is... Let me rephrase that. The thing he's best at is being delusional. There's nobody in the world that is better than him at being delusional. Actually, there might be a few people. I mean, I get evidence of it every time I log on to my Facebook, but that's besides the point. Shane McMahon is a delusional man with delusional ideas, delusional thoughts, delusional, uh, delusional ambitions. I am not going to quit at SummerSlam. And you know, people ask me why I put my career on the line against Shane McMahon, but I didn't request for his to be on the line. It's because even if I did, even if I asked for Shane McMahon to quit if he loses, it wouldn't mean anything because he would come back because that man has no integrity, no word. And that's been proven time and time again over the last few years. I just needed to get Shane McMahon in the ring to beat the out of him because that's all I can think about. And that's all I've been able to think about for a very long time now. A few weeks ago, that overcame me. I came out there, I grabbed the microphone, I, I lit it all out. And now this is where we're at. I didn't envision for things to go this way. I certainly didn't see myself against Shane McMahon at SummerSlam. Because really, I'm just creating more of a problem. Because my issue's always been Shane McMahon has taken up TV time that belongs to other people. And now he's in a match at SummerSlam. So am I helping out? No. But the problem is... Even if I hadn't called him out, he would have been on SummerSlam. That's the issue. So we can't do anything about Shane McMahon being here. The one thing I can control is the beating I give him in Toronto. The only problem is I will have no control over what I do in Toronto. Because Shane McMahon needs to get his ass kicked so bad. All I know is I'm going to see red and I don't know what's going to stop me. And it sure as hell won't be. Shane Like Delores, when I release, you lose teeth like little C's. Nigga, please, blood flood your dungarees. And that's just the half on my war path. Laugh now, cry later. I rhyme greater than the average player hater. It's 
spectators buy my CD twice. They see me in the streets, they be like, yo, he nice. But that's on the low though. Be the cats with no dough. Try to play me at my show. I pull out four foes and go up in their clothes. Short change niggas, snort cane niggas. Extortion came quicker. Bought the range, nigga. It still tickle me. I used to be as strong as Ripple B. To little seeds cripple me. Now I play hard like my girl's nipples be. The game sour like a pickle bee. Y'all know the rules. Move from BK to New Jerusalem. Think about all the planes we flew. Bitches we ran through. Now the year's new. I lay my game flat. I want my spot back. Take two. Motherfuckers mad cause I blew. Niggas envious. Too many niggas on my dick. Shit strenuous. When my men bust, you just move with such stamina. Slugs missed ya. I ain't mad at ya. Blood rushing, concussions ain't nothing. Catch cases, come out frontin'. Smoking something. Sipping white Russian. Bitch in the Benz bumping. I laced it with the basic. Six TVs, a system. Knocking lace shit. Face it, we hard to hit. Guard your shit before I stick you. For your re up, wipe the pee up. Lick shots, woke your seat up. Go in the ashtray, spark the weed up. Long kiss. Aiming that, you fucking maniacs put my name in rap. Fuck them, game is that like they hustle backwards. I smoke backwards and dutchies, you can't touch me. Try to rush me, slugs go touchy touchy. You're bleeding lovely with your spirit above me or beneath me. Your whole life you live sneaky, now you rest eternally sleepy. You burn when you creep me, rest where the worms in the week be. My nine flies, baptized, baptized with the Holy Ghost. I put holes in most, you hold your toes shaky. Slipping, trying to break me. Look what you made me do. Bring blue. My team in the marine blue. Six coupe. Skeet it out. Weed it out. Clean it out. The block for distances. Giving long kisses, bitch. The medicine, I got the lettuce in. You turn green like cucumber skin. Got the new hummer in the summer when I was a newcomer then. Drugs and Mac 10s, hugs from fake friends. Make ends, they hate you. Be broke, girls won't date you. That's why I relate to. Choke your ass out till your face blue. Make you open the safe too. No matter how you call it, how you call this it. This brolic, alcoholic, like it's weed greened out, like it's brick solid. Distribute two, get two, take heart like Valentine. Drink Valentine all the time. Slug hit your chest, tap the spine, flatline, hurt the grapevine, they got fucked four times, damn at three to nine, fucked you up for real though, swing still slow, as you remorse, we feel no.
love me, baby, 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 baby. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 166 of the Who's Podcast, our very last edition as we're recording on um, Google Hangouts, Recipes Google Hangouts. Uh, we'll keep you guys updated as far as uh, how the audio and sound quality is going to be with the show in the coming weeks, but we're still going to have a show for you. Um, this is your first time listening to whose podcast or watching it on YouTube. Uh, we appreciate it. Appreciate you uh, giving us a shot. Uh, my name is Joshi. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Hoots Podcast. I am alongside my brother at the Conference of Podcasting, Adam Daly. What's going on, brother? Let me get my microphone unmuted there first. Josh, what's up? Uh, hello, anybody and everybody listening to us. Um, yeah, man, another week, another busy week. Uh, you know, we, we kind of got a little cram session in before this just to kind of figure out what we were going to talk about, mm-hmm. uh, what we even remember from this week because it's like a, a day-by-day thing now. But, yeah, uh, yeah man, I mean, ready to go. Wrote a couple things down, uh, have a couple little talking points that, that we might get to. But right. uh, past that, I'm following your lead, brother. I got to the point as a wrestling fan where I don't have that process of taking in bills to certain shows. I'm like at a point where I'm going from one company shows to the next. Like it, it's kind of different. I'm not fully in into one bill for one company's pay per view now. You know, everybody's doing these comparisons between All Out and SummerSlam and AEW and WWE. I'm like, dude, man, I'm just trying to get by the G1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm not really comparing shows like that. I, and it's I, maybe I should be, or maybe I should. I, I don't know if no. I'm supposed to be or not. You know what I mean? But no, I'm not. Do what, I, do what the, you want to do, brother. I was going to say that's the first I ever <laughs> even thought about comparing All Out to SummerSlam. To be honest, I didn't. You know, I'm I'm kind of looking at two separate entities. But well, somehow, people did people did that with takeovers though too. Remember, we always mentioned that. Oh man, how's the main roster going to be? How they're going to top takeover the next day? You know, I did see on Instagram in a uh, in a discussion underneath, which you know how well those always go um, right. <laughs> underneath a underneath a picture. And I'm, it was for it was for all Elite Wrestling's first uh, first show televised show. Yeah, and the 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 main point of the discussion that I saw underneath there, Josh, is kind of what we talked about last week was. Everybody was kind of like, oh, man, well, what am I going to watch first, this or NXT? Or, oh, man, well, what am I – and that was kind of what, you know, like like I said, like off the mic, you and I have talked about that for a while now. But I, I thought that might be their target thing. And, and I want to piggyback off that too. Um, so – you know, what I do for a living is, is no, nobody's business. No, I'm a, I'm actually a, a director of marketing for a company. And um, I had an intern come in today, and it was his first day. Maybe, maybe I wear a lot of villain. I, I've branded myself as the office villain and wear a lot of villain uh, merchandise uh, to, to the office when I'm in the office. Um, so, you know, it was, I think it was the second time uh, I'm, I'm meeting this kid. And uh, he was like, so you like wrestling, huh? And I'm like, uh-oh, yes, instant connection, right? So we, so we were just talking for a minute. didn't get too too in depth about it, but this is all we really said. And, and, you know, I'm sure I'll get to know him a little bit more and we'll probably like, you know, uh, bust stones about wrestling and stuff like that. But, um, uh, you know, I was just like, yeah, man. And, and I mean, here I am with like a WWE cup that I carry everywhere with me. Like I'm the town drunk, you know, and it's like watered down yeah. and, and, and like a villain elite shirt on, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, I was like, you know, which, which, it's been pretty good lately. I said all around, you know, just, it's pretty good time. Like to, to be a wrestling fan. He was like, yeah, it's easily, like, there's just a lot out there. And, and this is exact words. He's like, you know, I don't watch Raw and SmackDown every week. You know, he's like, I, you know, I make sure I follow it. He's like, but I'm just really, really, really following what AEW is doing. And, and I want to see what happens with them. 
And so now that's somebody that, you know, and I don't know how deep into the wrestling bubble he is. And I will crack his code the next time that I see him. Trust me. But, um, <laughs> but you know, just for I, Josh, like how you kind of get so submerged in, in you know, what's going on with the shows themselves because of the, the play-by-play atmosphere that you're in because of right. you're transcribing all the articles. I kind of get more of the offhand fan just like other people that want to talk about wrestling kind of deal you know what i mean so or they'll mention little things and i I look for those in society because i like to see what's really you know hitting the pulse of the the casual fan or the fan that isn't the the hardcore you know in the bubble fan you know that kind of that kind of deal so um i just thought it was an interesting interesting statement you know And, and and especially for where what we talk about every week how competition is good for everybody and uh it's it's nice to see, and again, it's that young demographic. I mean, this is, this is a college student, you know, and here I am, an old man, uh, turning 40 in a couple months, baby. I'm already owning it. When you look this good, you can own 40 with a smile, dude. Yes, uh, when, you, when you're feeling fresh too, God, it's a wonderful feeling. But, um, but yeah, so I mean, you know, you got to think that's that target demographic we talk about, you know, and from that, that high school age to that college age. And his concern was like, yeah, you know, I'm following WWE, but I can't wait to see what AEW does. What, what do you think about that? You know, let, let me let me send you that point. And like, what, what's what's your take on that? What's your take? Um, on that? Well, I, I humbly speak, I feel like I could bring a, a unique perspective to the show. Like you mentioned that I put a lot of my time into uh, transcribing the shows and stuff. I think what I can bring to the show is that I can look into the bigger uh, picture of what's going on with all these shows because I'm actually paying attention to what's going on and I'm not letting um, social media or my personal um, personal instincts prevail my thoughts over what's going on. Like or Diamond uh, Dave Meltzer. Yeah, <laughs> I, I could I could look at things from a bigger picture standpoint instead of rushing to hot takes or whatever is on my mind. Um, I think second, I, I think momentary reactions or fast paced reactions to uh, wrestling shows are kind of overdone these days. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it's like going to a wrestling show and you have a match going on, and two minutes into the match, you're like, God, this is boring. The match just started two minutes ago, <laughs> you know. Right, right. Uh, so uh, I, I think that's cool for him that he's very excited for AW. Obviously, that's going to be the case for a lot of people because uh, it's a new company uh, with this uh, platform and this uh, opportunity to do something that a lot of companies haven't been able to do since WCW went out of business. So I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's cool. I think it's oh, dude. I think it's super cool because it's continuing the wrestling conversation, right? And that's ultimately what we want. And, right. you know, hey, listen, let's, I think we all fall into, and, and I'm not excluding myself from this. I'm not absolutely including myself in this. I talk about it all the time. I mean, I, I stopped watching, you know, wrestling in my, in my teenagers for a couple of years and just, you know, and then, you know, you, you kind of sometimes come back to it and, and it's just because it's, it's something that I'm so passionate about. I'm not necessarily, I always kind of have my eye on what's going on, you know? Right. Um, but, if you look at other things that I used to watch all the time, like, you know, hockey, I'm in and out of, you know, I, I just, I, at this stage of my life, I can't, 
watch every season, every game, every, I don't even every playoff game. I just simply don't care enough. I really, I really don't, you know, I have bigger things, uh, more important things to, in, in my life. Um, now granted that's where, you know, wrestling comes in because that's what I'm eccentric about. That's what I'm passionate about. And that fills my, the, the couple hours a week, you know, out of 168 that I don't have to worry about, you know, working or parenting or, or whatever the case may be. escape. It's it's, it's, correct. Absolutely. So for me, it's, I think it was, it was cool to hear somebody that might not be paying attention to wrestling because fair or foul, they're just not, you know, as interested right now in WWE's programming is what, you know, is what see maybe they were at one time or will be in the future or, or whatever. There's still there's still a conversation now because there's this potential alternate and there is an alternate right now that's that's happening yeah. and I think that's what's making it happen a little Josh this this revolution or this paradigm shift is I love that they keep using that um, I think that's what's kind of sped this up a little bit is that I do I, th- I do think fans wanted something it does feel a little different doesn't it like it it kind of gives us that. A, a new Japan mixed with W and I know we're not trying to make it feel like something that wants to feel like totally separate, but I love like their, their post, their, their post show uh, interviews that they do. It feels so in the moment and visceral because they're, they're not the characters anymore, but they are slightly, but you can tell they're talking about them like they're like their fellow teammates and versus the competitors. And I don't know. I just think it adds something to where they're, they're keeping the kayfabe wall up enough, but tearing it down enough for to, to kind of, satisfy everybody's needs. You know what I mean? If, if that makes sense, I, I don't know. And, yeah. and I know it's still super early in this process with AEW, but that's one thing I, I did pick up on. Like, I, I really enjoy the, the like post event where they're in front of the little wall and like, they're still drinking water. You know what I mean? How new Japan does it so well. Um, right. that's one thing I totally dig. And WWE was doing that actually not, they were doing it pretty good for a while when they would have those post shows where like, uh, the one time the shield, like the shield was on there and Ambrose's head was on the, you know, well, Moxley yeah. was you know, just laying down. Um, <laughs> You know, that's, it just, it makes it feel a little bit different when it's done right. And that's something that AEW does right. Yeah. Um, the last thing I'll mention on this, cause we got a lot of stuff to get into. Um, obviously this could be a little shorter show than we usually do. Um, we all, at the end of the day, we have choices, right? So whatever your process and whatever fits your style of wrestling, that's cool. And I've always been consistent about this. Don't tell me how I should feel about certain shows, you know? Correct. Um, I'm whether uh AEW or any company fits my standards or anything. Like, I, I I look at the ego behind that statement right there. Why, as rest fans, do we need standards for wrestling shows? Either you like the former wrestling or you don't. <laughs> yeah, right. I, right. I, I don't know why we have to have uh standards like we're having politics and all this extra stuff that goes on in our world. Like we're. <laughs> Like we're fans, we're not in the business. Let's calm our egos down a little bit. Conflict sells though, and, and we're all buying. You know, mm-hmm. um, and well, that's, that's always been the charm about this show that we uh, we just say what's on our mind, and we're just having fun with it. You know, before we get in the show, let me toss this at you too, and this is just something else that I've been meaning that I've I've been meaning to bring this up for months now, and it just always slips my mind. It finally, I, I wrote it down this week, so I wouldn't forget about it. I don't know how much, and obviously WWE's not, I don't want to say being edgier, but I mean, they're kind of being a little bit edgier, however anybody wants to look at it. I don't don't know what's, you know, I don't know. I'm just kind of letting them do what they do. And if we get surprised with some, some cool, you know, some cool like words or jokes or stuff here and there, it's it's whatever. But uh, I think, I think NBC is actually letting things um, tamer down since they're not the only network that's responsible for all the WWE programming. Well, so. well, 
I think it also, this is one thing that I wrote down too. I think it helps that, and this is where I don't know where I'm at with this conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, during raw every week and I probably SmackDown too, but, um, every week there's always a commercial and they play it 85 million times for women's razors where there's three chicks trimming their bushes. So we can't say that, that, that (laughs) sometimes we're always like, well, it's the sponsors. It's this, it's that. Is it the sponsors? You really think a razor commercial that has three women inferring that they're shaving their bushes. Of course, (laughs) I'm talking about those small foliage in front of them, guys. I don't know where your mind is at in the gutters. But what I'm saying is in the commercial, they have little like, you know, little bushes in front of them. And they're just trimming them. One's like little, you know, one's little... So, you know, some are a little more sparse than others. Yeah. <laughs> but my point is, like, you really think that whatever, and I don't know what razor company that is, but um, I really think they get like like they give a shit about what WWE ha- might have as far as tongue in cheek and in, in, innuendo. You know, yeah. I think that sometimes we we as fans are always trying to find that they're not doing this because, and even when you get the answer straight from the the horse's mouth, as we did with Vince McMahon last week, um, we still don't want to believe it. You know. Which I don't, so I don't think it's as much as the sponsors as we'd like to believe. You know, probably certain sponsors, absolutely. But when you have a sponsor that's putting on a commercial like that, I don't know. You know, I don't know. What do you think, Josh? Uh, I don't know. I, um, I, from what I know from uh, from the media business, that your sponsors are going to dict- dictate to whatever program you have on that particular show. Uh, so. Again, it could be a, a direction shift where it's more PG thirteen than it is TV fourteen. You know, right. something like that. Um, Vince had his conference call last week, and he was saying that we're going to do more things edgier, but we're not going to go over the top like we were in the Attitude Era. That's fine. And honestly, even as a kid watching the Attitude Era, not everything resonated with me. Like everybody drools over the Attitude Era these days, you know? Like all, I, all the all the talking heads are like, "Oh my God, there is no flaws with the attitude there." You sure about that? Yeah, oh, no, there were, there were. I mean, there's always good. Sometimes they're the greatest flaws end up being some of the the greatest success, like successes in a way. You know what I mean? Because we don't forget about them. We don't, you know. Um, but let me ask this because I actually did get to then see like a, a, a more detailed transcript and kind of like was able to absorb what Vince said on the conference call last week. Let me get your your opinion on this. Um, do you think it added a little more validity to AEW that he called them competition? You know, it's it's that was his biggest flaw in the, during the Monday Night Wars. He never really should, he just should have ignored WCW, right? He started paying them attention. That made them. It almost validated everything that they were doing. Event. What do, you, what do you think? Is it a case where you just ignore it? Are they too big to ignore? I mean, can we really say that they're too big to ignore? It's kind of early to say that, but it. Well, you see how it's like it's, it's a really interesting scenario that we're in right now is is in, in the wrestling world of 2019. It's awesome, number one. But what are your – I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Um, For me personally, this is my opinion. Uh, I think he just got that out of the way before he got more questions about AEW. Um, I, I don't know Vince personally, but I could guess that uh, he would rather get something out of the way instead of having to be asked something over and over and over again. Like, for example, the steroid stuff. Like, he right. made a statement about it, and then he left it at that. But if you got people prodding you and you keep going on and on, that's where you're going to get the more pissed off Vince McMahon. So 
you know, I think it's like a, okay, a possible competitor. He didn't say outright, oh, this is our competitor. Uh, like, that's what it is. Um, hey, man, free press is free press. I mean, you can't go throughout five tweets without seeing uh, AEW sharing something about why a certain wrestler didn't go to WWE and sign with AEW. They, they right. talk about WWE as much as WWE talks about them. So, Because you punch up, you don't punch down. It's like it's like in comedy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, let me let me bring this up real quick. Um, there's been a big tiff on wrestling Twitter. Oh, oh I love wrestling Twitter <laughs> stuff. I love not being in wrestling Twitter and hearing about wrestling Twitter. Uh, I'm not I'm not part of wrestling Twitter, but I have to look at this crap. <laughs> um, anyway, Rod's the only dude I talk to on Twitter. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so. There's this big tiff about like what's going on with AEW and uh, the debate about um, like I mentioned before how, how much how much exposure Cody Rose is getting on the actual shows and that he's going to be the first guy having the first match on AEW on television. Also, there's another thing about uh, Cody making a comment that he rather focus on AEW's actual fan base instead of the casual fans and. Um, it, there's a lot of back and forth. Like at first, I, I'm going to be honest. There was a lot of like I'm not I'm not going to um ah fuck it we're, we're not a PG show I'll, at least until we get yeah, through the eyes of a nine year old. Say yeah, my daughter's not, not <laughs> in with us yet, so we're yeah. we're good. There was a lot of uh, dick sucking when AEW first came out with their shows and making all the announcements and stuff, and that's fine. Like at at the point, like AEW was Teflon; they could do no wrong. And in some ways, they still are kind of like that. But like um, now, there's a lot of more back and forth where some people are not uh, excited about certain things going on with AEW. Um, some people are not happy about the fact that Tony Khan wants to make AEW the television show more like an MMA version of pro wrestling. There's a lot of back and forth debates. Um, I'm not. I'm not riding the fence because I'm not. I'm not a sheep. I don't need to ride fences. I could. I think I. I could speak for myself. Mm-hmm. You can speak for yourself. Right. So, um, yeah, it's just interesting. And then you got also another thing where uh, you have the Jim Cornettes of the world talking about ways that wrestling styles and AIDS just doesn't draw, and that the old formula still works. Uh, you have uh, wrestlers. Oh, coming man. Out- you have wrestlers. You have wrestlers coming out saying um, you should get permission from them for using their booze. Um, I don't know, man. There's a lot of stuff. I think there's a lot of the contingency from the past performers and past uh, wrestling media members too of how wrestling was produced back then, and that's the only way that works. That's the only formula that works. And then you have the people from my generation. Uh, and young and younger uh, that like what's going on with AEW and all these other wrestling companies. So there's a big clash. It's not just AEW and, and, and WWE. Right in the middle of them two generations. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it's not just AEW uh, WWE thing. It's also what do wrestling fans want? What do today's fans want? As opposed to the people that are just stuck with the NWA, the Attitude Era back in the day. So. Right. I think here's a couple just points that I wanted to pull out of that. Like one, I think it's the one, the one thing where I never really like to compare decades or eras or whatever is because it's always, and, and, 
and I know that a lot of you aren't going to like this because I'm going to get labeled an ageist, but guys, you know, listen to anybody intelligent. You learn from experience, other people's experience and experiences. And, you know, I always say this, like, you know, unless you live through this, like I was born in 79, so I'm, I'm not really like a 70s kid. I can't pretend to like remember the 70s and think it was this great thing. Um, but in the 70s, there was a certain feel, a certain moment, a certain a moment in time that art always tries to replicate and emulate what's going on, right? I say that because I can't look back at wrestling in the 70s and truly understand it for what it was at that time because I was not alive yet. You know, now we go into the 80s, now I'm watching. So I remember the first WrestleMania. I remember what it meant to, for them to finally be on MTV, what it was like for them to get Cindy Lauper, Andy Warhol. Like you get all these big names. Even as a little kid, you understand how big that is. You fast forward to the nineties, the same thing. There's a, there's that, there, you know, immediate crossover. You know, when re- you can feel as a wrestling fan when wrestling is starting to, to get big or, or whatever. But the problem is, is that when we try to compare this big era to that big era to this, the, what we have is, you're, you can't take 80s hair metal and say that it would work in 2019 because it absolutely would not. It, right. it warrant would not warrant any airtime in 2019. You know, White Snake would not be a thing. Um, it's, you know, I, I don't know if, you know, there, and, and the same is going to be for, for professional wrestling, sports entertainment, because the characters are um, supposed to, it, to some degree, uh, it's a play off of society. And, and unless you're in that moment viscerally, you don't really know how it felt in the moment. You know, you could listen to people talk about it all day long, but you just like anybody else to form a true opinion, you kind of have to be there to it, to, to really truly get it. Um, so, you know, for me, the attitude era was in the right era when I was in my college years. So it was right when that, that, type of programming was right geared towards my mindset and geared towards, you know, so I don't, but I, yet I don't look at that still as like, Oh, this the greatest era in wrestling. But it was at that time, absolutely what brought me back into wrestling because it was a little more adult themed. It was riskier. It was more edgier. You guys aren't gonna like this, but bro-ish, you know, it absolutely was. And, and let's listen, early college years, you know, whatever it is, it was what it was. Um, so I think it's hard to ever compare generations like that. I mean, you can compare, I'm never in, I'm never opposed to comparing athletes from different generations. Although I think that's still somewhat hard to do, but when you try to compare entire rosters and entire like this in in styles and we don't know what style, you know, today's style might not have worked in the eighties and, but vice versa. You know, I, I, I find it hard to believe that, um, and, and, and listen, wrestling is different. Wrestling has changed and there's absolutely a different style of storytelling that that's happening that might, that I understand. I, I agree to some extent that it doesn't tell as good of a story inside the ring as maybe it did at one time. But at the same time, you could tell, you can say that it tells a much different story now because of the different appeal. And it's just, it's so subjective and it's, it's a, it's, it's a never ending swirl of there's no real right answer because, you know, you can't replicate the past. You can only really live in the moment and appreciate what you have in the moment versus comparing it constantly to these other generations that the characters that we have today and the styles that we have today wouldn't fit then because that's not where society was. This is where society is, like it or not. And this is what's appealing to them, whether it's AEW, whether it's NXT, whether it's whatever's working in people's eyes on Raw and SmackDown or whatever isn't working on Raw and SmackDown. And he, here's my thing, like, this not only pertains to wrestling, this ha- this happens with life, man. Like, you, know, you have so many people that 
grew up with families that are so like narrow minded with their traditions and this and that. And if anybody goes off the grid when it comes to that, oh, you're a traitor, you're 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 disobeying our family's values and this and that. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Adam? Like, yeah, I'm a Raider fan in Pittsburgh. Yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> um, like. Like you said, there's no real right or wrong answer with this. Like, um, okay, Rocky Roll's not as popular as it was uh, when I was younger, you know? Uh, it is to certain people in the niche markets of metal and rock and all these other separate um, categories of music. There's too many subgenres. <laughs> is there? Um, and it's just a it's an interesting clash that I'm still trying to figure out because it's been kind of like a trend over the last five years where um, I remember um, <laughs> you know, got the summer. I remember you remember mm-hmm. the member berries are out. Uh-huh. Yeah, the are out. Like I remember when I first started getting into the wrestling media stuff and working at WrestleZone, and you know, like the big popular names were like guys who were watching wrestling during the AWAs and NWAs, and this, it's not a personal dig at them or anything like that. But like their their uh, perspective on today's wrestling is skewed to what they watched as kids. Mm-hmm. I've started watching wrestling in the Attitude Era. I don't look at today's wrestling based off what I saw in the Attitude Era. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. I maybe it's just me personally, and and I, I'm okay to accept the fact that maybe I've evolved with what's going on with the the evolution of wrestling because the Attitude Era started and ended around 2003. I was nine years old, ironically, and you know we had this new era of wrestling, and I've seen the careers of John Cena grow from the beginning of Batista or Randy Orton, all these guys in WWE, all the guys in TNA. I've witnessed the, the growing process of what today's wrestling is as a young fan. I'm 25. So I'm still young, you know, um, Dude, wait till you're like me and you realize that you're about to turn 40 and you would be the old man on the roster. Right, like one exactly. of the old men on the roster, and like these, these are men and women that I still look up to, right? Like I still look, look up to these individuals uh, as larger than life figures, and and to realize it, that's that's when it really hits you. Like my God, I'm getting old. Oh, I mean, no, no, no. These fantastic athletes. I'm sorry. Yeah, that that was the main point. Fantastic athletes. Not. I, I, I just find it interesting that it always has to be one way or another. It's it's wrestling. It's not life. Like well, to some people, wrestling is life, right? I mean, that's it. You know, in well, if you're in the business, then you have. You have every right to look at as you're like, oh, well, you know what, you know what, though, I, here's the one thing that I'll say. And as much as like, sometimes I think that as wrestling fans, uh, we're, we're so overly passionate. It's, it's almost like, yeah, I listened to an interview with Maynard on the Joe Rogan experience the other day. And, you know, just like tool fans, uh, us wrestling fans are very opinionated, rabid, but very passionate and very loyal. And you know what, Josh, in a way, you know, mu- I always, I always say that I feel for the person that doesn't listen to music because that tells me they don't have a soul. Um, I, I don't care what style of music you listen to. Like, I hate when I ask someone, "Hey, man, you know what kind of music you listen to? Like, what are you into?" And they're like, "Oh, man, I just don't really listen to music. Like, whatever's on." It's like, "Oh, God, I feel bad for you." Um, but at the same time, you know, so so it's easy to say, you know, music is life for all of us. You know, 
same could be said though for wrestling for a lot of people, you know, is it an over obsession? Is it, I I don't, I don't know. You know, if it's, if that's what somebody's passionate about and they've never, you know, just because they've never walked through, through the ropes. Now I want to say this with caution because you, you, you have had to have walked through the ropes or be in that locker room to truly understand what it takes to put on a show and see timing and see uh, the time blocks and, and who, who, who's up next. And, and, and if there's wiggle room and, rewrites and what a million other things that I don't even, you know, that, that I have no idea about, you know, but the point of it is, I think that there are people that out there that wrestling is life. They, they consume it all day long. That is their free time. That is their end. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think that's, we need that so that the art form that we love so much has sustainability because there's a listen, there's just like we always say, there's a million different things you could be doing than listening to us. There is a million different things out there right now between like all these streaming services with new TV. I mean, there's, you think there's, it's too much. There's just oversaturation of like, like I love turning the TV off. It's some of the, the greatest part of my day is when I just hit mute on my TV and just, just nothing. And there's silence and it's fantastic, you know? Um, but I don't know, Josh, I think that it, it could be dangerous to sometimes to an extent because it does get, if a fan, if it gives a fan an un, un, uh, a sense of entitlement, then, then it's, it's dangerous. But I think that it's, it's all right that if, you know, fans that are, we, we need fans to be passionate about wrestling. We need fans to have like wrestling is life kind of, kind of scenario. They just have to understand that they can't control the narrative, you know, just like we can't control the narrative of music. We can't control what direction nobody wanted emo to happen. Listen, I, I got a couple bands. I got a couple bands too. But listen, let's. Nobody really wanted emo to happen. Nobody wants music to be sad. We want right. music. That we, we listen to music to start jamming out, pump us up, get it like whatever. We don't, you know, we want the one sad track on each album. We don't want to constantly be sad, you know. And I think that's that's. But in as that was come right, you know, back in oh five, oh four, oh five, we're coming right out of the war, right? Yeah. War just starting. There was a lot of emotions going on. Boom, bang, done. It, it was goth part two. That's all. Sorry, emo kids. You're just goths. That's all you are. The Cure was a lot better at it. Um, you, know, you always want something that resonates with you, and at the same time, you don't. What I don't want to see is, you know, somebody trying to tell Taz what it what is and what's not behind the scenes of WWE commentary. You never done commentary that. before. Yeah, like, I agree with that. Like the the sense of it, Tom, because oh, you read websites and listen to shows like this doesn't mean you know more than people that actually do it for a living. Right, I agree with that. I agree That's with that. You know. um, but see, I, one thing I appreciate about Taz is Taz has always seen, is seen. Listen, Taz, a lot of the ECW guys like Taz, Bully Ray, right. um, they Talk know that, they, that. Yeah, dude, they've seen. You know, the guys that are doing the podcast and stuff like it, kind of, they they see that sometimes wrestling has to evolve or else it is going to die off. You know, uh, we had you know eras where wrestling was kind of. If not for the Monday Night Wars in the mid '90s, that might have been one of the best things to happen to wrestling, just to get a buzz back into wrestling. You know, because it wasn't the men and women that were that were in the ring in the mid '90s. It's the fact that they were given the gimmicks of like a, a dude that was like skinning uh, crocodiles, and there was a dumpster dude. You know what I mean? Like I'm thinking of the casual fan. You turn it on, it's like, why am I watching this? So it was. In, it was. In, it was in some part insulting to maybe that older fan that always was fell in love with it. It's like, okay, I grew up with with all these fantastic wrestlers like a Bruno San Martino, and now I'm watching a dude called Duke the Dumpster Drozier. You know, so so you see where it kind of for for certain people, the old school guys, we're just in that that generational shift again. 
you know, um, because social media's prevalence and and how people watch these things and streaming and the 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 twenty four hour a day accessibility and and just things that are so much different now, and because subcultures are popular again, you know, um, it's giving people. I mean, it's giving a lot of fair and unfair debates, I guess, all across yeah. the board. And and that's what I, I guess at the end of the day, wrestling's always going to kind of somewhat follow what's going on culturally. And this is just love it or hate it. This is just where we're at culturally. And I think that's more of a, uh, sometimes, you know, the good old days, I liked it back then, you know, people get their member, member berries or whatever, instead of being in the present and kind of appreciating what we have right now. Right. Uh, before we get to WWE, I want to catch everybody up what's going on with the G1. Uh, I know there's a lot of wrestling going on right now. That some people don't even have enough time to watch the WWE shows. I started covering the G1 a couple days after uh, the 4th of July, and there's been 12 G1 shows already. Um, so just to catch everybody up, I got uh, my reference sheet for those who see it here on uh, YouTube. Um my website, ProWrestlingTransmissions.com, that's where I cover the G1. Um, so for uh, when it comes to the standings, Okada is up to 10 points. He's the leader for the A block. Uh, Kenta, Abushi, uh, and Tanahashi are all tied with eight points in second place. Also, uh, on the B block side, we got uh, John Moxley on top at 10 points. Uh, Juice Robinson, Ishii, um, Hiroki Goto and somebody else has six points. Oh, Jay White. Jay White has six points. So there's a, like a four-way tie for second place. So interesting stuff in the B block. Um, I think a week after the G1's over, I'm going to do a full recap uh, just of my experience and uh, talk about what really went down for the G1. I know it's kind of hard for Adam to speak on because he doesn't have time to watch it, which is fine. But, you know, I think it's very important for people to know what's going on with Constant New Japan Pro Wrestling because they are dishing out good content. And um, I, I'm not just saying it just because I'm covering the tournament. I, I want to give a shout out to what these performers are doing because they're doing some really good stuff and they deserve the credit. Uh, again, for, and first off, I have to give a shout out to Kevin Kelly. For him to agree to do 19 G1 shows, each of them are like three and a half hours long, and for him to do English commentary on that for uh, that long and literally take a month away from his family, that's dedication. So I want to give a shout-out to Kevin Kelly because that's not an easy decision to do, you know? Um, no, that's tough. I mean, it's it's you know it's part of the job. It's, you, know, you know that's part of the undertaking, but it's still – it's never easy. Never right. easy. So um, – I, I, I let you guys know what's going on standing-wise. Uh, there's been some really good matches, obviously, when it comes to the G1. I'm not going to give out any six or seven stars. Don't worry. Um, Uh-oh, here we go. Throwing <laughs> stars again. <laughs> first one we'll talk about here really quick was uh, Juice Robinson and Ishii from the other day. Holy shit, man. Uh, one of the best stories that I've loved about the G1 so far this year is that they're bringing out the inner aggression to Juice Robinson. Like, first we established what his character was in flamboyance and finding who he was outside of WWE. Now you're seeing, like, the aggression coming out of Juice Robinson. That match was fucking awesome. Um, what else stood out to me? Um, John Moxley's still uh, picking up victories. I mean, he beat Naito, which surprised me. I thought that was going to be his first loss, but John Moxley beat Naito. Um, 
Will Ospreay's been losing a lot of matches for as much smack as he talks on Twitter, but <laughs> um, uh, he, he, it's cool to watch him perform. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is kind of like playing the role of Christian where he throws a, a hissy fit every time he loses a match, which I think is pretty funny. I saw his meltdown, and he blamed everything uh, everything on what's his name on Boris Johnson. Yeah, so it was funny. the greatest thing I've seen <laughs> in so long. <laughs> um, oh, for Boris Johnson! This, I'm so this, sorry, England. I, I I know we're not better over here, but I'm sorry. <laughs> Next week is going to be insane. So check this out. They got a show. Um, so today's the first. So. Uh, they got a show Wednesday, the 7th, 8th, uh, next Thursday, the 9th on a Friday, 10th on uh, Saturday, 11th on uh, Sunday, which will be SummerSlam, and then the 12th on, uh, yeah, August 12th on a Monday. So they're doing six shows in a row next week of this G1 tournament as they reach towards the finals of this tournament. Oh, God, it's going to be insane, dude. (laughs) And then for this weekend, uh, really quick, the top matches, I'll let you guys know before we get to the WWE stuff. Um, Kenta against Bad Luck Folly. This is the Saturday show. Uh, You can watch it on Access TV. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. will be fighting Lance Archer. They are faction members inside the Suzuki Gun, which is cool. Uh, Will Ospreay gets Evil. Evil's had a really good tournament, by the way. Uh, Tanahashi against Ibushi, which was a rematch of last year's uh, G1 Climax Finals. Uh, the main event for the Saturday show this Saturday is Okada against Sonata. These guys have had some barn burners over the last uh, New Japan specials that I've watched. This match is going to be insane. Uh, uh, Sunday, this Sunday, uh, for the big block, you got Ishii against Yano, Juice Robinson against Taichi, Hiroki Goto against Jeff Cobb. John Moxley against Jay White, which is a match I'm looking forward to a lot, and Tetsuya Naito against Shingo. Um, I'll definitely say the more entertaining matches uh, have come from the B block, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of them vary, uh, just depending on what the actual uh, uh, combination of matches are, but it, it, it's fun. I I've, I can tell you right now, uh, with covering with the G1 and all the extra stuff that's going on in the world of professional wrestling, I'm, like, at the top of my game as far as, like, typing out these sequences, man. <laughs> like, there's not a style of wrestling that will throw me off guard right now. And it's it's fun. It's it's a fun challenge to cover these style of matches, and it's, it's a lot of fun. So that's a G1 update for this week. Isn't it nice having fun with wrestling? Yes. <laughs> and you know what, though? Fair or foul, let me ask this question. I mean, because you are transcribing all of these, so you're watching them, and I, and I, I know you don't. Well, it's not just a tournament match. So I'm covering the entire show of that day. No, absolutely. But, I mean, not only with just – I'm talking like just New Japan and WWE and Impact and NXT and AEW. And, you know, I mean, you're covering – you're transcribing it, all these shows just, you know, all over the place. Yeah. So you're 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 seeing it and you're seeing it again from, from kind of – I don't want to say a different lens, but is there – I'm trying to think of the best way to ask this question. Okay. Um, without kind of feeling like I'm force-feeding you like the answer, you know what I mean? But um, don't you feel that in a way, fair or foul, because there's always going to be arguments. It's just unfortunately because of Twitter and, and other forms of social media, the arguments are right in our face, you know? It, right. you know? But 
doesn't it, hasn't it added a little bit of, um, fire to, uh, hasn't it lit a fire underneath everybody's ass? Do you, do you think when you've watched these shows, is it, are people, can you kind of feel a little bit more of a, a wrestling frenzy or, or, or the athletes going a little bit harder or, you know, um, in your opinion, I mean, is it even if, even whether you agree or disagree about the hype or, or lack of hype or, or whatever around a certain company or, or criticism yeah. or whatever? Is it when when you're transcribing, when you're really digging in and you're really focusing on what's going on? Can have you noticed a difference over the past, even like say maybe a year or so, year or two, versus the years prior when maybe competition wasn't as you know um, um, I want to say not as prevalent, but wasn't as easily accessible and I guess inside the wrestling bubble as talked about. And, you know, um, right. uh, you get where I'm going. You know what I mean? I, it, um, things changed once, once that hot topic deal went through for the Bucks and everybody, I think, uh, let's face it, it, it became mainstream. I, I think collectively That's I'll say uh, my answer to that would be collectively. Yes. It's definitely seen more sense of urgency than what it was like five years ago where they had Lucha, Ring of Honor and Impact and NXT on the same night, right? Um, where it was like, oh my god, what's going to happen? And then it fizzed out like three months later because right. Impact lost another network. You know, even then, like for Impact, I got to give them credit where there's with what they're doing. Uh, uh, Tessa Blanchard and Sammy Callahan is one of the biggest feuds in their company right now. Uh, they're having a match where they they could determine the number one contender to the world champion. Think Tell about Blanchard's so good. So, like, it's so good. Impact's doing their own thing, too. You know, it, it's kind of hard because they got their shows on Friday nights on Twitch, and uh, people don't know what the Pursuit Channel is. I don't know what the Pursuit Channel is. Hell, I don't know if anybody knows what the Pursuit Channel is. Yeah, I don't uh, know. <laughs> uh, I, I see a sense of uh, urgency with everybody. Uh, and it's not just uh, a thing where uh, you seem more of an edginess to Raw, but – uh, just because AEW's around. I mean, 205 Live, I've, I've been probably the biggest 205 Live fan out of anybody that does these type of shows. I see the effort these guys put into into their matches. There are storylines that are told out in that product. And I see as good matches on 205 Live as I see on the New Japan show mm-hmm. or AEW. Uh, this past week they had Drake Maverick and Mike Canales have a 25 minute unsanctioned match. And these two have been feuding with each other for, uh, six months since Mike, uh, joined 205 Live. So I, I see a sense of urgency with everybody. It's keeping the fans on their toes. Uh, it's keeping the fans in the audience on their toes because you don't you don't know what's going to happen next. It's keeping me on my toes from a transcription point of view, and I hope it's keeping uh, uh, people on their toes watching it at home too. So, and uh, do, do you think that? Because you look at somebody like Orange Cassidy, which who is by the way has one of the smoothest gimmicks ever. So hysterical, man. But you look at you, we're really just one viral video away from anybody breaking out in in a weird way. You look at what Joey Ryan did. You look at what, I mean, you look at just these little spots over the past couple years that really. Angle guy? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, right. But if you you look at, if you look at like a lot of the stuff that's happened and, and, I, th- I feel like it's given men and women in, in you know, cause, and we always want to knock the product or knock this company or don't go to that company. And I see, I don't, I ne- I've never agreed or, with that sentiment because in today's day and age, you know, that if you're given any kind of television time, 
or yeah. any time in that, in that ring whatsoever. And it doesn't matter what show it's on, whether it's Impact, 205 Live, Raw, SmackDown, wherever, you have a chance to become a viral sensation overnight. Mm-hmm. You really do. And I think right now it's, it's a great opportunity for anybody on any roster anywhere to realistically make a name for themselves. Um, when there's guys like Roy Johnson out there, <clears throat> the, the, you know, um, you know, the Roy Johnsons of the world and the RC Dupree's and, you know, these are, these are guys that you're going to be hearing about in a couple of years that they have so many different avenues now to go to. And I think that I do like, you know, like I said, Josh, I don't know if it's a sense of urgency. I think it's a sense of, there's, there is pride in the craft. And now that you, you know, everybody knows that you look at Corey Graves, his brother, he was one of the biggest heels in the world for a minute. And people didn't realize it because he was wrestling in Mexico, but he was running with a fantastic gimmick yeah. and, you know, uh, uh, Sam Adonis. And, um, but and everybody is, you know, any talent right now is kind of just that one gimmick away or just because if it catches on online on social media, I mean, whether or not that's your 15 minutes of fame and, you know, it could get you a contract at company X, Y, or, or, or Z, you know? Right. And I think that's where, where for me as a wrestling fan, what I've noticed is that it does seem like the men and women are, are going harder, are going, you know, sometimes to the point of, of, of fault, but I'll take, I'll take faults and slip ups and, and, and whatever, um, as long as there's no injuries, uh, over something that's so perfectly crafted and they're afraid to, you know, take a chance and afraid to make a mistake because we are literally, we're always in every match, every promo, every whatever. We're, we're one moment away from something being viral like that, you know, and we never know what it's going to be. Um, like having a pregnant champion. You know, I just never really knew what it, what it was going to be. But um, so that's, I guess, for me, that's what I've saw. And that's what's great about about every every organization that's out there right now is that all of their athletes, I think, know that when they're given the ball, they, they it's, it they you know, you're always given that, that the brass ring speech or, you know, hey, it's the ball's in your court, do with it, you know, whatever, whatever. That's, it actually is absolutely true in today's sports entertainment, wrestling, whatever. You really do kind of, you, you have that ability to control your own direction. And I, I think that's, that plays a big part too. Well, here's the thing too. Like from my point of view, like I don't feel like I'm going through the same motions typing out a particular show. Like um, for me personally, like I get interested with how it is like transcribing a new Japan show on a Saturday to a Monday night raw, because like, for example, this week, there's a lot of wrestling on raw. Yeah, and there's been a, there's been a lot more stipulations to these matches than just a regular one on one match. With New Japan, you got your undercard tag matches where you have an eight man tag team match or a six man tag team match. Like uh, when the Revival, the Usos, and uh, the OC fought each other on Raw, that match was super easy for me to transcribe because I'm already used to having matches. Where there's like six people in the ring at the same time. It's a lot. I have to pause here and there to make sure I get everything down. And that's the thing too. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not half fasting when it comes to my transcriptions. The point of doing the articles is for everybody to look at it. If you haven't had a chance to watch the show, read what's on the article and visualize it to what actually happened on the show. That's the point of the articles. That that's the part. That's that's the point of the transcription. I'm giving you a move. I'm giving you a visual move of what the actual match is from the different parts. That's why I separate by paragraphs. It's not just paragraphs of moves. Uh, it's the actual story of what the match is. So it, it's an interesting challenge, you know? Like I, I, um, You're playing the part of the narrator, in a way. 
yeah, I, I'm glad you said that. Uh, I was, I was going to say that. So it, it's, it's, it's a fun challenge from my point of view. And trust me, I think if I didn't get into writing what I did five years ago, once I was done with broadcasting school, I would probably be that fan that would be like, um, uh, not narrow minded, but like, uh, having the short attention span and this and that and trying to rush and trying to find the answers for every single reason that's going on on television. It's given me a better appreciation for what these performers go through and how they tell their stories in the ring and how a actual show is formatted throughout the weeks too. Like, cause I can have a 25 minute match on raw and also spend like 15 minutes, uh, transcribing dialogue from a promo. So it's an interesting challenge. I don't know. Maybe one of these days I could do a podcast where I could break down the ways I go about structuring my articles. It's it's, it's a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, um, that's that's a lot. Like for me, I'm afraid that would almost. Oh, I hope I'm not confusing anybody, but you know. I mean, I don't, oh no, I think people people get it. And if not, go to pro. Uh, what is it? Uh, pro Wrestling Transcriptions. Com. There you go. Cheap plugs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, man. I think, like I said, like I, you know, at the end of the day, if you can write, it, everybody has an opinion, and sooner or later, nobody's going to give a shit about opinions anymore. And right. it's going to come down to what you can do for people and what you can't do for people. And like, like I've always told you, where you have a leg up over a lot of just people that like squawk boxing, is that you know how to transcribe a match and tell and be that storyteller for, you know, just narrate the story that's being told to us. Um, there's not a lot of people that can do that. Um, that's yeah, why I was, and I'm not, I'm not giving booking opinions while the article's going on. Right. Right. So. And it's hard. And, and let's face it, that's hard to do in, in today's, and I don't want to say in today's world, but it, it's human nature not to do it. But especially in today's world, because everything does feel somewhat like, you know, everything, it, it, even, you know, I catch myself sometimes where I'm like, I, how am I going to say something so that nobody thinks it's like any kind of coming from any kind of like area? You know what I mean? Like I always like before I'm sending an email out to, for like work wise or something like that, or if I'm coaching up or area, whatever the case may be, it's you, you never want it to people to think it's coming from a place of like, it's, it's a, it's a weird time, man. It's a weird time because people take things the wrong way. I mean, it's just. I, I, I saw this funny conversation on Twitter where uh, a friend of mine, oh, uh, her, her her son uh, is at the stage where they're asking why. And um, I, I don't have any kids, so maybe you could add uh, Chris to this, uh, where I'm going with this. Like, oh, I certainly I, can. Um, I, it's funny, interesting that even in today's society, you still have people my age who are still the Y age. They question every little thing that's going on. Even at my age, not, not even uh, AJ's age or younger, like uh, my friend was talking about on Twitter. Like, why are we still in the Y age? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> you don't need the answers to everything. That's the part about life where you actually learn as uh, time goes on. No, but you know what though? You can tell you can separate the you can separate the bullshitters from the bullshit whenever you ask why and they can't give you an you know. That's right. where that's where most Twitter conversations end. If you just ask, well, why do you feel that way? You, typically, people can't give uh, a, a, a you know any a response that has any substance to it. It's it's just a quick emotional, quick like you know response that's feeling first that you know no real logical or, or factual basis behind it. It's just well, this is how I feel. Yeah, I'm not gonna spit something out just because I want to. Yeah, like you know, like I mean, I apologize to anybody, but 
the world don't care about your feelings, you know, and the world don't care about your opinion. The world cares about what you can do for it. And, um, I think a lot of people just waste a lot of time and, and, you know, what you do is different because again, you're, you're building towards something you, you have your, your thing going. A lot of people are just out there blurting out their opinions for, you know, on Twitter for absolutely no reason other than free market research for, you know, whatever company you're talking about. Right. Um, you are the test subjects. You are the Guinea pigs, the Guinea pigs. (laughs) Oh, man. Neil before Zod. Mm-hmm. You know, for when I first started uh, doing the articles, um, I thought maybe it would be like some type of lead, leeway where I have practice of writing down the TV format of what the shows is and just knowing what it is with the matches and this and that with the sequences. But also now it's got to the point where it, it, I, I have I have everything I need as far as references for moves now. I'll never forget the advice that Kevin Harvey gave me uh, when it came to announcing for his uh, announcing seminar I went to because Kevin Harvey uh, was the guy behind the Rise uh, female wrestling promotion here in Chicago and has done work for Shimmer and AEW in the past. I met Kevin like three years ago at an AEW show. Was this from the Wonder Years, Kevin? Uh, was this was he on the Wonder Years? That Kevin Harvey. No, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, but Kevin, Kevin, was, right name. <laughs> Kevin was a really cool dude. And he said, you know, uh, it's important to understand the moves, but at the same time, tell a story of how those moves affect what's going to happen towards the end of the match at the same time, too. So um, I feel like the more I keep doing these articles, the better I'm going to be if I ever had the opportunity to do uh, actual uh, commentary. I really pay attention to what happens with commentary. I am a commentary guy. I, I, we talked about it last week. Uh, Jim Ross is the reason why I got hooked to professional wrestling. I, Kevin Kelly made me a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. So think about it. Like, I want to be like those guys. So, like, Mauro Ronaldo, a fantastic guy. I don't know if I would have been interested or had any interest in Cruiserweight West, uh, Wrestling if I didn't hear the commentary he did on the Cruiserweight Classic and what he did on 205 Live before he left uh, uh, to NXT, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciate the art commentary. I, I'd love the challenge of transcribing these shows. If I get the opportunity to do wrestling commentary for promotions – I think I, I think I make the most of it. So, hey, you never know. Look at Chris Van Vliet. Now all elite. Chris Van Vliet sounds so good when you when it rolls off the tongue, don't it? Um, now I'm happy for that dude, man. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, he's for awesome. Oh, it's, it, you know, it's, it, that's where I always say, you know, don't knock the hustle in, but we always say on here, man, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. Yep. You know, and for people, when people say, Oh, you've been doing it for two years now, I'll give it up three years and I'll give it up four years. You just never know, man. You got to keep at it. And I think too many people give up too quick. Um, you know, so, and, and then they in turn, turn their animosity towards whatever, you know, that rejected them, whether it's, you know, pro wrestling, whatever the case may be, because they just, you know, whatever. And then they just start shredding the business. And I'm not talking about your typical fans. I'm talking about some other, you know, people that maybe wrestling is just different. You know, again, I, I do believe that, that, that wrestling does have to at times change with what's going on in society. And you are going to lose an older demographic in the process because some, some of the older demographic can't stay as in tune with the younger demographics and what hits with younger demographics and which ultimately is what pushes any product. So, yeah. 
Unless uh, it's like Metamucil, then you know you're gearing towards some old motherfuckers. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, very, I'm, very, I'm very happy for Chris. I've um, built a friendship with him over the last couple of years. I uh, had him on a couple times on the old uh, radio show. And um, the guy deserves it, man. The guy's uh, bust his ass, you know, come from Canada to spending five years in Cleveland taking a chance on himself to do entertainment reporting in Miami. This dude's interviewed almost everybody in the kitchen sink. The dude got to interview Margot Robbie. Like, mm-hmm. how many people have the opportunity to be that close and have a conversation with a beautiful woman like that, you know? <laughs> you know how hard it would be for me not to show up dressed up as Joker? You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm very happy for him. Uh, even though there's going to be some fun back and forth interaction with him and NGF as the shows go on. Chris Van Blue? <laughs> I never forget that from that press conference he uh, did. Yeah, it was good. Uh, it was gold. Um, but, you know, the, they always say the cream rises to the top, but I always think good people that put in the work always rise to the top, too. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and it, listen, good good things happen to good people. And that's, you know, and that's where I know a lot of, like, professional jealousy, you know, tends to get in the way with, with humans. But, you know, um, that's, again, that's why I always say I, I never knock anybody's hustle. Uh, when, when, when your hustle gets you to the top, especially when it's your hustle, not like, you know, you're not in a, in a system somewhere where you're the nine to five. Yeah, when it's on your terms like that, like I always tip my hat to, to anybody that, that can do that. Right. Um, all right. So we got SummerSlam coming up uh, a week from this Sunday. It's crazy, man. And then uh, at the end of the month, we got AEW All Out and uh, NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff on the same day, which is pretty cool. Uh, Adam, you get the double dip on that. They got the Cardiff special. It's going to be during the afternoon. And then that, that could lead into uh, all out that night in Chicago. Our fantasy football draft may or may not have been bumped a day early. So it wasn't the same night as all out. But that's just – I ain't one to gossip, but you ain't heard that from me. No, it's not my league. It's not my league. It's not my league. Oh, I think it's it not was, your league. Yeah, no, I think there was just some fear that, that all out being the same night was not going to be a good idea. Well, lucky break then. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> um, no, it's it's cool. Like they announced uh, yesterday for NXT UK, they got Walter against Tyler Bate for the uh, NXT UK Championship. That's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Storm against Kaylee Ray and Gallus uh, against the Grizzled Young Veterans. I I, I got to say this: uh, watching NXT UK every week. I love uh, the Grizzle Young veterans. Zach Gibson and James Drake are a very, very good tag team. For anybody that does watch the UK takeovers and the NXT UK show in general, th- those guys are awesome. They got a bright future ahead of them. Um, besides that, man, SummerSlam's coming up, and we got nine matches announced already. Uh, we had Raw and SmackDown this week. Um, uh, we, we're saving certain stuff for the show for AJ segment, but I just want to get your thoughts really quick of like what matches are you excited for for SummerSlam and what stood out this week for you uh, as far as the shows are concerned. Oh, good sir! Every time you think you're asking the questions, I, I'm changing up the answers to the form of questions. Thanks, I, my good brother, want to know how you feel about <laughs> the 24/7 Championship being around Maria Kanellis's waist. Hey, make Chicago proud. I'm good. <laughs> Chicago's own, the first ever pregnant uh, female WWE champion. Think about that. I think that's. I think it's hilarious. Well, they, to be <laughs> pregnant, you do have to be female. I mean, that's one thing I think that's still 
even though, I mean, we can identify well, how everyone. the moniker that WWE has a pregnant champion. I think that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, no, it is awesome. No, it's totally awesome. It's, now, so how long do they drag this out for? And I just, let's just play like, like, I'm not trying to play fantasy book or anything like that. Let's oh. have fun with this. Like, how long does it get, get drug out for? And just who would be, who did, who would it be like, like comical? Because it's, it's going to have to be comical, right? It's going to have to be so like, it's going to be, it, it's, it's going to be either satirical or it's, there's going to be something that's just over the top with how she finally drops the title or whatever. But, um, how do you think they do it? Do you think that, I mean, is, is there long-term value in this? Is it funny to you? Is it annoying to you? Is it like, you know, no, I, think I started laughing. I, I, I think it's tremendous. And I think Maria's done a phenomenal job with the TV time she's been given. Oh, yeah, I know a lot of people, I know a lot of people are saying that Mike Nelson has been emasculated and he's being buried in this. Man. I don't agree at all. Stop. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know how he's not being demasculated or emasculated or whatever is the fact that he's man enough to play that role on TV and not complain about it like all you idiots on Twitter. How about that? Exactly. I was he's more of a man than any complainers <laughs> will ever be. I was just about to say that. <laughs> no, it's cool. I you, You're going to know Drake Maris going to show up at one of those mammogram things or whatever, uh, the things where you have the the husband and the wife and they're like, have their legs wrapped. Jeez, I don't know what it's called. I never had a kid before. So like, <laughs> like Drake. Oh, the sonograms? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Drake Maris going to dress in disguise of that thing and pin Maria while she's laying down or something like that. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's going to Um. I don't know. It's I, I. This is going to be interesting because if they, oh, I forgot to say this. Uh, Mike had an awesome tweet the other day. He's like, Maria is uh, showing off her title at everybody at the TSA check-in <laughs> at the airport, <laughs> <laughs> like begging them to pin her, begging the security people to beg uh, to pin her. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so, she's playing. Listen, she plays the role well. She's always playing. She's always played a great antagonist very 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 well first ever pregnant champion (laughs) how long do you think they ride us out uh i'll give it a week or two a week or two but the fact that there's an underlying story from 205 live with this with drake maverick and mike canales like the fact that mike came out of that mosh pitch uh mosh pit uh with the title i thought that was hilarious (laughs) yeah and it does tie in pretty well with the fact that Foley said that, like, listen, this isn't going to be, you know, a Raw or SmackDown thing. This could be any show. It could be NXT. It could be 205 Live. It could be NXT UK. It could be, you know. So it, you're right. I, I like that it adds a little bit of the, the 205 Live uh, atmosphere. And it does give some of these performers a little bit of extra TV time to deserve that TV time on a Raw and a SmackDown. Well, let's say, like, they have, like, a, a signing thing in Toronto next week, right? Because they got mm-hmm. SummerSlam, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're doing a fan access thing here for Survivor Series. They haven't announced anything for that yet. But let's say, like, you have uh, somebody roll up our truth at the signing, you know, <laughs> while he's signing autographs. Like, how cool would that be for the people in the line for that? To see a title change like that. <laughs> but how do they get the title off of her without her filing workplace like something? She's pregnant. You can't touch her. <laughs> this is so great. It's wrestling. They'll figure a way out. I know. That's, it's going to be so off the wall. The people are going to complain about it, and it might be real cheesy, but I think that's the point of all this, right? People still complain about the 24-7 title. It's people who don't have humor. You know, when they opened the show with that video package where it was like, you know, the most coveted championship, I was like, oh, God, what are they doing tonight? Like, you kind of had a feeling it was going somewhere and it was going south real quick, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I like that they're kind of using that championship 
in that title to troll people a little bit too. Well, think about how much this benefits Drake Maverick's wife for the fact that she doesn't even be on NXT and people already know who she is. That's a really good point. And she's wrestling in the ring now. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it's it's beneficial to everybody. Like, I'm, I'm, EC3 is Drake Maverick's best friend. What if EC3 turns his back on Drake Maverick if he has the title? You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, and it, the most shout-out has to go out to R-Truth and Drake Maverick for their dedication and their effort to make this what it is right now. So Yeah, yeah, because it takes you, – you really have to – understand it you know because not a lot of people certain people will turn down certain opportunities for whatever reason and i I appreciate that drake maverick is not understands entertainment you know what i mean like i i I really even as rockstar spud like people never gave him the credit that he was that he deserved i mean he's he's always known how to connect and he's not afraid to, to make himself and i think that's so important that everybody forgets that people in real life could probably use that but when you make yourself the butt of the joke that's why I'm the biggest, I make myself out to be the biggest clown in the world. Cause I am, I ain't shit. Uh, but when you're the butt of the, jo- when you can show that you're the butt of the joke, it, it not only validates you as a team player, it validates your spot as an entertainer, right. but, yep. but not only will you always have work, but you know, w- you do enough for people. Eventually it, it, it comes full circle. You do get, you know, you, you, you work to have those moments. If you, you know, um, I don't know. I wanted to talk about one other thing, Josh. Oh, you had something. No, I was going to read out the card for something. Go ahead. The, the one thing that I wanted to bring up that's a little comical that I know is petty, but I at least want to always have one little petty thing to talk about and laugh about because the, the, it's we're a little more on the comedy side where we're not analyzing stuff. But yeah. I, the whole Roman Reigns thing, if they're pulling an amnesia angle on us, which I don't know what's going on, but um, <laughs> but I, legit, dude, that's the Who's only thing I There's some kind of like amnesia thing going on. But did you see the the post on Instagram? Which one? Where where Romans land, like where the thing like just landed on him and it's showing like the okay, well it has like the thing that fell on him, like the, the fencing or the, the stage setting or whatever that yeah. fell on him on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. If you guys haven't seen, go to WWE's Instagram and it's it's it shows it shows him <laughs> like pinned underneath this thing. And listen, I am made of questions. Like one, why are you like taking this like Hold up, man. Let me get this on the gram real quick. I'm going to help you out with this. Like, who's going to take photos and not help this man pin down? Number two, if you look at, like, how everything was placed, like, this man would have a broken nose, broken skull. Like, every, like you know, it's just there's – I have – there's so many questions that I pulled from this one thing. He looks like he's smiling in it, but um, – Oh, I, I like question for you for that. Yes, sir. Do you, do you like the fact – I know you were talking about a couple weeks ago about cliffhangers – did that do anything for you or is like uh, – Oh, I'm totally down. Yeah. Okay. I'm absolutely down with this kind of stuff I, because here's the thing, man. If I, if it's cheesy and people are mad about it, I dig cheesiness. I dig B-movies. I dig like – you know, I, sometimes with your entertainment, you can't take it too serious. And the Roman Reigns character has always been such a straight line. This is what it is. And that's why – I don't know where they're going with this. If maybe he just got not – he just didn't want any help because he's the big dog. It's his yard, you know. But what if – what if this is how a heel turn starts, right? Because he doesn't really remember what's going on or like things are a little fuzzier. You haven't been the same since that day, Roman, you know, like they wouldn't have ended the show if this wasn't headed towards something, you know, I want it to be Rikishi so bad. And he, he did it for the rock. But, um, <laughs> there's, been a, there's been a lot of conspiracy theories of who, who pushed the, the lighting grid, uh, towards him. It was but, Marty Janetti payback mm-hmm. for the Shawn Michaels incident. Um, 
<laughs> uh, it was Snitsky. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> it was definitely Snitsky in this point. <laughs> uh, there's a, a picture lingering around of uh, somebody wearing a Buddy Murphy t-shirt. I don't know if that's something where Shane McMahon has somebody new to go after Roman. Maybe. I am not be close to that. It's not a bad idea. Uh, somebody said Daniel Bryan. They keep teasing this career-altering announcement or something like that. Who knows? Maybe Brian wants to go after Roman. I have no idea. Uh, it's not a bad idea. Um, we'll see. I, obviously, this is something that they're not doing it just for the sake of doing it. Roman was supposed to make his announcement of who he was going to fight at SummerSlam, and he did it. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Right. And just the way that it was set up, um, like you said, for the cliffhanger ending, uh, that's when you know – there's going to be something long-term with this. And we might not know until get the full payoff until it hits Fox. You know what I mean? We, we honestly right. might not. And I'm okay with that. I think people are going to want answers soon when this is going to be more of a slower, like a, a, this is going to be a slower burn, but, but not as slow as what, you know, this isn't going to be a like six month burn, you know, storyline on this one. Right. But I think this could take us into like an October ish of like what's going on with Roman Reigns, you know, almost like the who shot JR season of, uh, was that Dallas? I think it was called. Yeah. Dallas. All right. Before before I know you- that's well before your time. It is. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we go through the eyes of a nine year old, let me read off the match really quick for SummerSlam coming up a uh, week for this Sunday. Um, Trish Stratus against Charlotte, um, The Miz versus Dolph Ziggler, AJ Styles against Ricochet for the U.S. title, Finn Balor against Bray Wyatt, Kevin Owens against Shane McMahon. If Kevin Owens loses, he'll quit WWE. Kevin um, Kofi Kingston defending his WWE title against Randy Orton. I really like the video package they had for that uh, few uh, SmackDown on Tuesday. Uh, Bailey and Ember Moon uh, with Alexa Bliss winning last week on, uh, this week on SmackDown. I think that's going to be added to a three way. I mean, Bailey and Alexa have been feeling each other with each other this entire uh, summer, so I uh, Alexa should be added to that match. You don't think that'll be a four way? I don't know. It'll be the, Nikki. Nikki, yeah. It's not bad, dude. I, w- I wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, Becky against Natalia. Uh, this this one's looking to be a submission match at uh, at SummerSlam, and then Brock Lesnar, who uh, literally Molly whopped uh, Seth Rollins on Raw. That was hard to watch, man. <laughs> that was not. It wasn't a pretty sight. So those those were the matches, really quick for uh, SummerSlam, and then for Takeover Toronto. Um, Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, two out of three falls. The Street Profits against the Undisputed Era for the XE Tag Team House. By the way, maybe so, I saw some people say that this was the cheesy segment during Raw. I don't care. I thought the Street Profits and Seth Rollins thing was pretty funny. Um, oh, it was cool. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Um, Velveteen Dream against Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong. That's a troll threat match for the NXT North American Championship. That's the match I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, Shayna Baszler against Mia Yim for the NXT Women's Championship. And then Candice LeRae against Io Shirai. So we got two women matches that take over uh, for this one. So, all right. We got all the updates out of the way. Adam, you know what time it is, right? It is. It is. Uh, she'll be she'll be right back. She's going to get, uh, she's going to get her shoes. So, uh, but yes, it is time for 
wrestling through the eyes of a nine-year-old. And, and now I'm just stalling because the star of the show isn't here. This is like when when you go to a concert and they tell you Lil Wayne's going to be there. Right. But then you have to sit <laughs> through Blink-182 to see Lil Wayne. You know, you're there for both bands anyway. Right. But, um, no, it's, it's a summer promise. She, she'll, she'll be right in. Um, what, before what, we, what, 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 how would you feel if Wayne didn't show up that night? I'm curious. <laughs> um... Yeah, I, I mean, I still listen. We got it was cool because like we we went with a nice little crew from work, and it was it was it was nice. It was like uh, four of us that have worked together now for over ten years. Over like me and the one dude who worked together now for like with each other now for like fifteen, sixteen years. Right. So it was like it was it was fun regardless. But to be honest, I know my, the the little one here and and myself, we were looking more forward to Wayne than we were Blink One Eighty Two. So it would have been the night that Wayne didn't show up, you know. Um, I don't even know if he's on that tour anymore. I think he totally dropped off that tour or got sick on that tour or just got sick of the tour or whatever the case may be. But I, I saw that Bleak 182 were on uh, Good Morning America, uh, their concert series. So, Oh, uh, okay. Okay. We'll see. Um, but what we're going to be doing this week on Through the Eyes of a Nine-Year-Old, uh, as she's getting ready to, to enter the, the studio, we'll say here, um, we're going to be talking about uh, the Bray Wyatt Firehouse Fun ho- uh, Firefly Funhouse segment, um, anything dealing with The Fiend. And I know uh, she specifically asked to speak about uh, the Charlotte Flair versus Trish Stratus, uh, Stratus match at mm-hmm. SummerSlam. So when she gets uh, right back in here, that's what we're going to be talking about, Josh. Yeah, we're going to start yeah. off with that, actually. We're going to start off with Charlotte and, uh, Charlotte and Trish. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a plan. I think that's going to be what she wants to talk about first anyway. And she's, I, I think, pretty excited about the match. I don't know. I'm going to let her give her opinion on it. Uh, I am not going to speak for the star of the show. And now here's the star of the show, just like that. Yeah. yeah. Hello. Sandra, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. How is everybody today? How are you on this Thursday, AJ? I am good on this Thursday. Feeling better? Yes, I am feeling better. Somebody was a little under the weather last week, as I assumed, but we won't get too much into that. But yeah, she was under weather a little bit last week, so that's why. That's why we could tell. We could tell a little yes. bit. But yes. you're back. Yes. You wanna you wanted to talk a little bit about Charlotte, Charlotte and Trish, I know you wanted to talk about. Yes. Let's do it. So so Trish Stratus is doing yet again another match. So basically she's not retired. She's no. retired. Sort of. Are, no, are you ever retired. really retired in wrestling now? No, you're not. She's not retired. I don't think you're ever truly retired. She's not supposed to be wrestling. Terry Funk's not retired yet. <laughs> yeah. But she's wrestling. <laughs> well, I don't... She's not an injury retired. Obviously. So she, I think But that's... still, she's... I guess she's making her comeback, I guess. Well, do you like these special attraction matches where it's like a legend yes. comes back? You do? Yeah. Okay, because this is the fir- I don't want to say this is the first real big one, but this, in a way, is the first big one. Is big or one. because the Alexa Bliss Trish one didn't happen, it, you know, didn't happen like it was supposed to. Um, so now we're getting kind of like Trish versus Charlotte. Do you like it better? Do you like it? Do you think this is the right, you know, would you prefer somebody else against Trish or do you um, like it how it is? I like how it is. I never really seen Trish wrestle other than an evolution. So true. So I don't really know. It's the one thing we hit upon last week, Josh. Is like plus she was in she was wrestling in a different era, so it'd be hard to tell if you wanted her with somebody in the modern era than back then. I remember. Um, you remember? I remember. <laughs> uh, I remember Trish had her first retirement match with Lita in Toronto. Ironically. What was it? Unforgiven 
Adams, something think, like that? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, 2006. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think this is pretty cool. This is a big deal. Obviously, her being from Toronto and SummerSlam being in Toronto is an added bonus to her being in the match. But, yeah, this is a pretty big deal. I'm, I'm actually excited for this. Um, AJ, would you like to see these older performers only on the bigger shows? Older. Or Watch maybe- what you say there, kid. Huh? She's- I said older. Watch what you say there, kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> More refined. I prefer it. More refined. She's old. She's, she's not, she's old. not, so first of all, she's around my age and she is a beautiful, wonderful woman. So we're not going to, that. yeah, but she's not around your age. She's freaking in her 50s, 60s, something like Trish that. is not. You're brutal. No, Trish is around my age. We're, no, she's we're close enough. She's in her 50s or 60s. No, she, oh, do I have to Google spot you already? Go um, ahead. Google spot me. Good. Continue, continue on. Good. Uh, Anyways, but, she is old. Josh, I think Josh was asking you a question. <laughs> She's not. Oh my god. Anyways, continue. Uh, would you be? Uh, do you prefer the older veterans? Okay, uh, perform on the bigger shows, or you like to see maybe a one uh, dream match per pay per view? Do you have a preference or no? Um, it doesn't really matter to me. It okay. really doesn't. Trish is only forty two. Oh my god. Okay, so. <laughs> There's no way she's legit. She's you. around my age. Like Wikipedia is lying to you. Somebody, <laughs> you know, no, if somebody was listening to this and edit Wikipedia like five seconds ago, mm. just to make you feel good about yourself. She's working sixty four. Um, I no, <laughs> such a hater. You're such a hater. Hey, Adam, is Ric Flair ninety at this point? Oh my god, um, he's a thousand. A thousand. <laughs> so, real quick, he looks to, like a dead reptile. I'm gonna, I'm gonna interject some, with some uh, a bit of uh, unfortunate news. I just got a push notification. Uh, WWE oh, Hall of Famer Harley Race has passed away at age 76. Who's Harley Race? What? Years before your time. Well, Legend. obviously, if he's a legendary. Yeah, uh, Harley was uh, a big influence on Triple H. Actually, he trained uh, Triple H. These are the facts. And Killer Kowalski's um, man it sucks. Uh, Harley's been dealing with a lot of illnesses over the last five years. Uh, the guy could barely walk. Um, I'm glad that he's no longer in pain, but it sucks whenever the legends pass away. I mean, uh, yesterday was the five year anniversary of Roddy Piper passing away. You I know, didn't see that? Yeah. So. Uh, rest in peace, Harley. Man, he was a great performer. Um, I I didn't I wasn't born when he was in his prime, but I did get to watch a lot of his feuds uh, uh, over the years. And um, man, it sucks. It really sucks. Yeah, yeah. But back to Trish not being uh, not being old. So um, anyway, so so back to reality on this one. Do, do you, AJ? Do you like? Um, is there is there other people that you would like to come back and see? Because I know you you're really big on Beth Phoenix too. Yeah, I like Beth. Um, Lita can't wrestle, so I can't say Lita. Right. Even though didn't she wrestle at Evolution? I, yeah, yeah, I think in, match. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um. What about Victoria? Who? Victoria. Don't know who that is. I would love to see Victoria come back and wrestle a match. See, a lot from that era, I can't really show her because, um, unfortunately, the, like some of the best matches that even if they had tech, you know, like technical matches or, or like hard hitting matches, they made them doing like bra and panties or something or like you know, and it, it's well, it kind of sucks. 
Adam, you actually saw a good one in person uh, at WrestleMania 19. You can show AJ this one. It was uh, Victoria, Jazz, and uh, Trish Stratus in a three-way. Oh, I saw a great one in 22 with Trish and Mickey James, too. Yeah, I was there for that one, too. <laughs> um, all right, so we got Charlotte and Trish out of the way. Anything else you wanted to add on to that match, AJ, or no? Um, no, let's go ahead and go into the Firefly Funhouse. Shall we? I like it. I don't even get to put my two cents in on the match. You're you just like, yeah, whatever. I don't really have it. No, you know, listen, because I'm not, I don't want I, I think that, what, what's, the, what's the temperature like on, on what are, what's, what's the wrestling fan base feel about this match? Uh, people are excited for it. Um, good. good. People, That's all I care about. The only thing I saw was people didn't want to see Jerry Law, Jerry Law on TV, but whatever. <laughs> the, the um, match. Yeah, I mean, they were in Memphis. It makes sense, you know what I mean? And, and especially from that era, it, it, I don't want to say that era, but it was um, – Jer- Jerry Lawler was in- so influential in that Trish Stratus era. You know what I mean? I'm not saying Attitude Era, but I'm saying that Trish Stratus era, like when she was there, you know. So right. um, I, I think it, I think it made sense from that. I'm super excited for this. You know, Trish was awesome in the ring. So for me, it's cool because now, like, my daughter gets to see Trish, like – compete under today's terms, not under the old terms, you know? Correct. And I think that's going to be cool for all of us to some, to some degree, but, um, especially those of us that now have children that watch, I think it's, it'll, it'll be cool for us. So mm-hmm. on to the Firefly Funhouse. Wait, let me get my last words in about the Trish thing, but it doesn't matter because she still freaking points everywhere. Where is she pointing? <laughs> You're still on this. Absolutely nowhere. She's been on it. All. This is all I've heard for the past week. <laughs> I get it, but where is she pointing? Where is she pointing? I don't get it. Where's where Christian looking it? whenever he walks out and he starts, you know, he just puts his hand up to his I eyes. Know. and. Hey, why does Drew McIntyre look like he's having a seizure every time he uh, poses on the top turnbuckle? Exactly. Because <laughs> when you're that muscular, I think your muscles sometimes just tend to just seize themselves. <laughs> and they're like, this is where we are. And you can't help it. And you're like, oh. Well, it, it, it's weird. McIntyre has like the old school Undertaker lighting. And yet it's like having a seizure on the yeah. top rope. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's also freakishly scary at the same time. Dude's a, so shreddedly ripped. Yeah. Oh, by the way, AJ, what did, what did you think really quick about that brawl that closed, uh, closed Raw this week? Did you no, like that or not? The brawl? That uh, yeah, up? the brawl. I like the brawl. Man, that... I, I was gonna. I was. I was waiting for this segment because I feel like with them making a new stage, they're treat like the wrestlers are using the stage as their own recess now. Like seriously, it's like their own playground. Mm-hmm. They can do anything they want. <laughs> that somebody's gonna break that set before uh, they make the switch to Fox. Yeah, okay. absolutely. I want. I also want to talk about the twenty four seven number deck match. Oh, the the mosh pit match. Yeah, the mosh pit match. And then you guys continue on whatever you're talking about, but then we'll talk about the mosh pit, then the Firefly Funhouse. Okay, go ahead. Yep. Go we ahead. already gave our two cents about about the twenty four seven title, so okay. go ahead. So with the so with the mosh pit match, um, I thought it was pretty funny. I thought that one of the girls would get it for some reason, but I'm actually glad that they stuck with um what's his name getting it. Mike. What? Mike Canales. Yeah, Mike Canales. I'm glad that they got him to get it. Because now, first pregnant champion. Jeez, here we go. <laughs> first pregnant champion. 
Now, do you like? Do you think it's funny or do you think it's cheesy? I like it. It is definitely cheesy. Let's not get that twisted. It's <laughs> cheesy. It's real freaking cheesy. But it's cheesy, but it's good. Yeah, but it's like the good kind of cheesy. The Firefly Funhouse is real cheesy. Whenever they did the Firefly Funhouse episodes, it's real cheesy, mm-hmm. but it works. It's good. I like it. Mm-hmm. But now nobody can pin her till she has the baby. We don't think. I guess we'll find out. Uh, let me say this really quick. Um, uh, AJ, like when it comes to Bray Wyatt and uh, Adam, Finn hasn't said anything about bringing out the demon, right? I'm just making an assumption mm-hmm. out of that. I I was assuming the same thing with the demon. So I don't know if they're going to be there. It's actually going to be the demon or not. AJ, do you think this match that Bray and Finn are going to have at SummerSlam, do you think it's going to be a longer match or a shorter one? Um, I'm not sure. As my dog looks at me like I'm a weirdo, um, I'm <laughs> not really that sure because it could be long because of Bray or it could be very short because of Bray. It might not even happen. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Like it, You don't think it'll happen? I'm just get, I'm just handing it out there. I do think it's going to happen, but I'm handing it out there that might not happen. Um, but yeah, that's my thoughts on that one. The only reason I'm asking because there's been like reports about Finn possibly taking some time off after SummerSlam. I don't know if it was something to be like about a quick squash match or something. I that's kind of what I the vibe that I was getting. So I think you want the Fiend to come in and and make an impact quick, right? Yeah. And maybe that's why we don't see Finn in the paints, like playing with the paints this time. So just so that way, he it's not the. And then whenever Finn decides to come back, then they can they can you know kind of reconnect this this storyline or like come back to the storyline. And then you do right. have the demon versus the fiend. Yeah. Because then we'd have a better idea of what the fiend is versus what Bray Wyatt is, and if they're being actually booked as two. I don't want to say booked, but written as two separate entities, or are they the same person? Because this is something that we brought out. AJ, you said I should bring this up on the show, so I'm going to bring it up, then I'll let you guys talk about it now that we're okay. talking about the funhouse. How do we know the Fiend just isn't possessed by the the spirit of of, uh, of um, Sister Abigail from when Orton burned down the, the house, right? Because the mask has like singed eyes, it looks burned up a little bit, so... How do we know this isn't a result of when uh, of when the compound got burned down? I, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, right? But this is pro wrestling, and we're talking about again a, a character that's hosting a children's show that his his alter ego is a is a demonic. Hey, you know? There's nothing. There's nothing more um, cheesy and bad than the Dungeon of Doom in WCW. Yeah, know? that was <laughs> something, huh? Yeah, that was brutal. <laughs> So we haven't covered this in a while. Everybody, make sure you pull up your pants and do the muscle man dance. Gotta do the muscle man dance. <laughs> um, so AJ, do you, do you think there were they're supposed to be two separate entities, or is it Bray that just can't, you know, Bray just off his rocker? Pardon the pun. I think that Bray just he has admit that you don't want the thing to come out. And I think the fiend just comes out whenever the fiend wants to. Like, mm. like why it can't control it? Bray can't control it. Like the venom suit, almost. Yeah, like, oh uh, yeah, exactly. Like the venom suit, it'll just come out when it wants to. Whenever mm. it wants to do something, it will come out. I like it. I like it, Josh. What do you think? Ask that again. 
Um, do you think it's they're they're going to keep in a way they could take this where they're two separate entities, or do you think that it's you know where where we could say Bray and the Fiend could be you know, even though we know they're not, but we could say that they're two separate you know, or is it something that it's almost like the Venom suit, like you know sometimes Bray can't con- the, the the Fiend takes over and, and takes you know consumes Bray and actually you know Bray loses himself to the Fiend. It's something that you know that that Dark Passenger you know he can't control it. No, I, I think I think that'd be really cool. I'm I'm very, I'm just curious where like airtime rambling rabbits about to like reveal some type of secret for uh, the funhouse. He either gets uh, um, abducted or he gets killed. You know, yeah, all the time. <laughs> like I I don't know. I I think there's like a bigger reveal that Bray doesn't want to lead out. You know. <laughs> I think this is going, you know, this, there's a law, we have a long way to go before we fully understand what's going on with Bray Wyatt and yeah. the Fiend in the Funhouse right now. Which, yeah. Do you guys like that or? Yes. I, I, do I like, like it. That. I do too. Mm-hmm. Also, when are they going to start selling Rambling Rabbit, Rambling Morning Spread Jam or whatever? <laughs> you, you're all about this jam. We'll just you? call it Rambling Jam because it has Rambling like a 15 million letter name. So we'll just call it Rambling Jam. You're, I don't know. You're, you're going to have to talk to WWE merchandise and, and products. Just pitch the idea. I, yeah. I don't know. I know. And, and, and the copyright team, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, is Rambling Jam a song from the 70s? I'm trying to remember. I think so. Rambling Man is. Yeah, the, I, I remember that song. Um. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very excited what's going on with the fun house. Um I'm I'm just very curious to see how the actual entrance is gonna be for the fiend when he actually has his match with Finn. I don't know if it's what they've been doing where the lights go out and he just pops up in the corner or if there's gonna be more elaborate. I I don't know. It's something I'm actually curious about. Same with me. Well I, I in a way think we got teased out on SmackDown maybe, right? With him coming out at the top of the ramp. But they yeah. did that so well. I thought, like, man, am I just having like a flashback from my like early twenties? That, or maybe he wasn't at the top of the stage. Like, they had me. Tw- no. um, <laughs> yeah, I must have missed that. Yeah, he he came out. Yeah, I think you were knee deep in Roblox, but he came out, and uh, and that's what caused uh, uh, Ziggler to be able to hit uh, whatever he hit on on speech uh, and music. It was a sweet. He hit him with a speech and music yeah. on uh, on Valor to get the win on that, but. I think it's probably going to be the 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 lights slowly going out, and then that screechy music, and maybe him at the top of the stage. Uh, speaking of Ziggler, really quick, uh, he's definitely eating a sweet chew music and a spear for Goldberg. I think I think that's what's going to happen with Ziggler. Um, I had a conversation with, with this with my uncle the other day. He's a big wrestling fan too. Uh, the guy who owns the tattoo shop, my uncle Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Um, he he said maybe that Sean would fight Dolph Ziggler. I don't know. It could it could, still could happen. I just don't think it's just going to be Miz and Dolph Ziggler straight up. I think something will be added to it because I mean he he mocked HBK before his match with Seth Rollins on Raw. He keeps bringing up Goldberg in his promos. Something's leading out to him getting uh, his ass whooped at SummerSlam. You know. Yeah. Well, especially Goldberg. He really keeps going hard on Goldberg. Um. But yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. he's, he's he's doing his Matt Riddle impression, so. <laughs> yeah. Bro. Um, Bro. Yeah, I don't know where they're going to go with that. I could see that. I absolutely could see that. I wouldn't be opposed to it either. AJ, what, what did you think about the Brock Lesnar uh, beat down on Seth Rollins? Did you like that or was it too much? 
I liked it because it was like that beatdown thing, but there's to a point where you couldn't look, which is good. Whenever yes. like you can't watch anymore, I feel like it's good on WWE's side. I just always like when they put somebody in front of a moving vehicle. And it's like, no, you're not going anywhere. Like, as soon as he, as soon as Lesnar got out of the way, why wouldn't you just hit the gas pedal? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, obviously, I know it's wrestling. We're not supposed to ask these questions, yeah. but it's just like, I always love those kind of spots. Or like, I, I get what you're saying, but I think Brock has the credibility where somebody would actually stop their car. I wouldn't know what to do. There'd just be a warm thing of fluids going down my legs. I wouldn't even know Me? what to do. Yeah, probably, exactly. Yes, thank you. No, for more that. like you would be pooping. If, that, probably that, too. Like I you, think that was his gimmick for a fight a couple of years ago. Yeah. Except yeah. it was more it was more vulgar and involved puke as well. So we'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, but I, you listen, the good part about the whole um, – the the Rollins beat down. I liked it because I, I thought it was good because it was it was effective in Lesnar. For the first time, you see Lesnar. You kind of see a crack in the Lesnar Heyman scenario. And right. I'm not going to say that there there's going to be a fallout, but you've never really seen Paul Heyman tell Brock Lesnar to stop or pull him back or disagree with him or whatever. Because at the end of the day, now that they've already hinted that you know. Heyman has some, you know, whatever, has some pull around there. They kind of hinted at that. Right. That's technically one of his superstars, right? Yeah. Um, AJ, before we wrap up the show, because we got to wrap it up in a couple minutes, um, uh, was there anything else that you wanted to mention for the show this week before we close the show off? Um, No. I think we have covered everything. SummerSlam, a week from Sunday. Um we're up to like nine matches so far. Is there a particular match you're looking forward to the most, AJ? Um, and not so far. Probably the Becky Natty, the Charlotte Trish, and the Balor Fiend match. I have three matches. That's, there you go. Hey, most wrestling fans can't pick one these days. That, huh. that negative these days. So that's a good thing. Right. <laughs> you got a couple on the side already. Um, AJ, thank you again for coming on as always. No problem. I had fun today. I will let you guys get back to your talkie talking. I gotta go do my shift at McDonald's. Back to McDonald's. Back to McDonald's. <laughs> back to McDonald's. It's in Ohio, so I have to uh, go. That's back not a good thing. Quick. That's not yeah. a good thing. No, it's not. I worked, I worked in Ohio for too long. <laughs> it certainly is not a good thing. <laughs> All right, brother. Um, tonight there's football back. Believe That's it or not, so <laughs> crazy to me that there's football tonight. Um, Broncos and Falcons on NBC. If anybody wants to watch it, congrats to the people who are going into the 2019 NFL Hall of Fame this year. Um, Champ Bailey, Tony Gonzalez, Ed Reed, who was one of my favorite defensive players growing up as a kid. Um, Pat Bullen from the the owner for the Broncos who passed away last year. Uh, it's a good class this year. So um, shout out to those guys. Oh, Ty Law from the Patriots. Uh, he's going into the Hall. Aliquippa zone. Yes, sir. Aliquippa, Pennsylvania zone. Huh. Okay. Ty Law is going into the Hall of Fame this weekend. So congrats to those guys. Well deserved. Um, brother, you have anything else you wanted to say before we head out? 
Yeah. Uh, check whatever streaming service you claim to be the best because everybody has their favorites and I don't care what you listen to. But tonight at midnight should be our time, Eastern Standard Time. So by the time you're listening to this, it's already going to be on there. Tools catalog, the full catalog. I don't know if Saliva is going to be on there, but that's probably because of right. the Zeppelin cover. But regardless, Tools <laughs> full catalog is going to be on streaming services as of tonight. Joe, Go check out that Joe Rogan experience with Maynard. Um, a very in-depth conversation about Things that we talk about on here, uh, how social media, the desire for likes and clicks and retweets and, and this and that and the other thing, how it's, it's, it's basically uh, damaging and just uh, killing our, our society. And uh, um, really, really, really good conversation on there. So check that out. You're going to have to listen to me talk about Maynard and Tool a lot this next uh, couple of coming weeks. So um, tonight, though, so for everybody that's a Tool fan, you know this. We've been waiting years upon years upon years for this. Um, I'm not going to place blame on any band members. I know why they didn't have them on streaming services. Because they want you to listen to the full album front to back, but um, most of us ain't got time for that anymore. I do. So at midnight, I'll be the laptop will be open. I'll be doing some work, and because uh, the grind don't stop, but at least I'll have some tool to listen to tonight. And that, my friend, is not a bad thing. That's it's not, not like I don't have every either. album like four times over, but it's just it's right. nice having it like right there streaming. Like it's like my favorite band is here. You're alive. <laughs> it's like when Jericho debuted in, in WWE you know what I mean like at WWF at the time it was like finally finally tears are going to be coming down my eyes like oh my god I can listen to Lateralis just by hitting a button jeez I'm excited for it I think it's going to be pretty dope I, I, I'm, I'm very excited to listen to it how um, mad is anybody going to be that would like say I don't know whatever what other like new releases are tomorrow? They're, whoever decided to release their albums tomorrow is going to be so upset because like the number one like it's just going to be Tool, Tool, yeah. Tool, Tool as like new releases, you know? <laughs> Which begs the question: Maybe once a week, every week they should have released one album leading up to the new album that comes out on August thirtieth, because then that way they could have had like you know, number one like album. You know, I don't know how that matters, but yeah. that would have been a fun little. Game to play, but who the hell am I? Just give me all the albums at once. Well, we, me and you got a little homework assignment that we got to do after SummerSlam. We got to get to Glow. Yeah, August 9th, that's, that comes out. Yep, we got to get to Glow. Yeah, I'll be watching that the, the, all weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's next Friday. Whoa. Yeah, I'm not going to have enough time to watch the whole season, but, man. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get to Glow as the shows go on uh, the rest of the month, but... um. I want to thank you guys so much for checking out the podcast this week. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. Uh, Adam, I'm sure you had fun as well. Always, always, brother. I appreciate you. Uh, thanks again, guys. Thanks for, you know, I was listening to my daughter. And everyone listening to this, you guys know, we appreciate you. There's a million things you could be doing. I don't know why you listen to us, but we appreciate the fact that you're doing that. Um, All the good brothers and sisters. I always say man, but it's it's a it's a gender neutral term. So don't uh, please nobody think that it's like I'm very gender neutral with everything I say. Dude, man, it's every, it's all the same. It's brother. Awesome. Brother, brother, brother. <laughs> um, yeah, I want shout out to everybody. You guys know who you are. You guys are good brothers. Um, and at the same time, um, make sure to um, tell us what you think about the show from a positive and negative standpoint. We're always open to suggestions. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the channel on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, bookmark ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. And please do us a favor. Leave us a review. Tell us what you think about the show. We want to know what you think about it. Uh, we appreciate the feedback. Uh, we did, did you say we had a question for this week's show? Yes, we did. Really quick. I want to get this out before we yes. close the show. Um, 
Um, shout to Sam Rafferty for uh, sending out this question. Sam, the man. Yes. <laughs> uh, he asked with Austin closing out uh, closing out Raw reunion last week. Do you think Austin has uh, overseed Hulk Hogan as the biggest WWE superstar of all time? Um. Yes, I do too. Yeah, I do absolutely. Too. I think and, we all. See really it's what not. It's not. It's not even just. <laughs> It's not even just the stuff with what he said on the tape or whatever with Hulk Hogan. It's just overall from a business and what he did as a character, too. I think Austin's rod is more memorable than Hulk Hogan. I think he's. I think Austin is the biggest WWE superstar of all time. He, he's not my all-time favorite wrestler, but uh, he, he's definitely he's one of the GOATs, uh, for sure. It's, and you know what? I, I lived Hulkamania, so it is hard. This, this is a debate that would be very hard to have. Like, And, and, and just being in complete fairness, my personal feelings of, of Hulk Hogan aside. Um, but I just think there's some there's longevity mm-hmm. in Stone Cold because at the end of the day, we all kind of want to be – we all kind of want to be the guy that just tosses back a cold one and kick it. Well, see, my boss is like my brother to me. You know what I mean? So I can't say that about my boss. I love my job. Yeah. But typically we all want to like, you know, we, we all want to be that guy that's, that, that, that isn't necessarily anti-authority, but isn't necessarily – it's just a guy that just comes out, says, tells it like it is, real straight shooter. I mean, you kind of, we all kind of connect with that, you know, in, right. a, way, in a way. So I, I, I think that um, – Outside of wrestling, too, we're seeing a little bit more success from Austin. Even though Hogan was in movies, and you know, so kind of so was Austin. So was you know, he's doing his podcasting now. Now he's got TV shows coming out. It's it just seems like we can get more out of Austin, and um, and uh, um, I, I think Austin might appreciate it a little more. That's neither here nor there. Right, Austin. Uh, Austin's got his new show coming out on USA Network too. Uh, the day after SummerSlam, so. Um, I, I saw that Becky's going to be a guest on the show, so that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, my daughter went nuts when she saw that. She was like, Stone Cold and Becky, how can I go wrong? I was like, Jesus, you guys, WWE just keep getting that demographic hook, line, and sinker. One thing that doesn't need to be broadca- broadcasted is the stop the stout in the Olympics. On that note, we're about to wrap up. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for checking out episode 166 of the Hoops Podcast. For Adam, for AJ, I'm Joshy. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you all next week.